Hello and welcome to the first POCUS Journal podcast. The POCUS Journal is a resource for the latest information and case studies on point-of-care ultrasound written by physicians, ultrasound users, researchers, and educators. My name is Amar Jori, and it's my pleasure to present today's article entitled The Focused Assessment with Sonography in Cancer, or the FASC Protocol, by Dr. Peter C. Nauka and Dr. Benjamin Galen. This article appears in the November 2020 issue of the journal, Volume 5, Issue 2. It is my great pleasure to present Dr. Jamie Galen, or Dr. Benjamin Galen, to first tell us about this protocol. Jamie, can you please go ahead and tell us about your interesting article? Dr. Jerry, thank you so much um, for uh, your time and for uh, your interest in the FASC exam. And um, I want to uh, thank Dr. Nauka, first of all. Um, he's an outstanding uh, resident in um, internal medicine here at uh, Montefiore Medical Center and Albert Einstein College of Medicine. And uh, he's been a collaborator of mine on some projects. Um, and this uh, uh, article really um, owes a great debt to him for his uh, work in putting it together um, with me. The, the FASC exam uh, was an idea that I had a few years back, and, and it borrows from um, a widespread application of point-of-care ultrasound in uh, emergency medicine uh, and trauma and surgery, uh, which is a very well-known uh, uh, FAST exam, the focused assessment of, uh, with sonography and trauma. And the FAST exam is probably one of the more um, uh, popular uh, protocols in, in point-of-care ultrasound that's, that's in widespread use. And um, it really uses, uh, it takes advantage of, of the, the sensitivity that ultrasound has for uh, finding fluid. And, and that's so critical in trauma um, because of uh, the, the presence of intra-abdominal uh, fluid in a trauma setting uh, prompts further investigation, a CAT scan or, or XLAP, um, you know, because it's uh, thought to be uh, a great screening tool uh, to detect intra-abdominal bleeding. And, um, you know, the FAST exam is so, um, it's, it's in such common use that it occurred to me that, uh, that this really has a, a potential for being adapted to, to medical applications. And um, the need for, um, you know, finding fluid in, in you know, medical patients um, really uh, is already in common, um, you know, widespread use in emergency medicine and critical care and internal medicine, hospital medicine. Um, and, and the fluid sites um, are really the same as, as for the FAST exam. So this, this protocol um, borrows from that already well-established um, application. And uh, I think the, the other area of need is that um, oncologists uh, and hematologists are, are, it's a field of, of internal medicine that doesn't currently use point-of-care ultrasound, um, you know, in, in a, uh, in the way that some other subspecialties of internal medicine um, are, are doing. And so the, the need exists from, um, from our perspective to, um, to provide a framework for, for training, uh, you, you know, many different types of users uh, in, in this exam uh, for, for patients with cancer. And, That's uh, great. So, how does the um, how does this protocol specifically differ from the fast protocol? 
Uh, it actually uh, doesn't really differ too much in in the in the uh, sites that will be that we're going to uh, suggest scanning. So the those are standard POCUS windows. Um, the the right lung base, uh, an upper abdomen, uh, the subxiphoid cardiac view, uh, the left uh, upper quadrant, the the lower abdominal quadrants, and the suprapubic pelvic view. Uh, those are kind of standard um, uh, fast exam sites. It's just uh, really applying those to patients with cancer. That's right. So. Instead of, for example, the application in trauma, here you're promoting its use uh, in the medical wards and in patients that are presenting to the uh, to the oncologist. Exactly. Yeah, and I think that's our impression that you know many effusions, pericardial effusion, pleural effusion, and and ascites, um, you know, they they um, are are para, perineoplastic or malignant findings um, that are so important for for management um, often present late. So um, they become symptomatic when they're um, you know in extremis, um, and and we see them you know in, in the emergency room and in, in the hospital. Um, but obviously, those fluid um, accumulations um, were not. Um, developed overnight, and um, so sometimes they can be rapidly accumulating. But but typically, um, the uh, detecting them early might might allow for some interventions that um, that could be uh, pursued prior to to when they became symptomatic. But they're also of diagnostic importance. Um, and ultrasound is so sensitive for fluid. Uh, we 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 mentioned in the article the the general um, sort of uh, cumulative. Uh, sensitivity and specificity for these different sites um, to, to find fluid, um, and that's based on, on gold standard CT, CT scans or other uh, reference ranges um, for, for ultrasound to find fluid. But our hope would be that uh, oncologists and other doctors would find the FASC exam um, applicable to outpatients as well. Great. And so could you give us an example, even a hypothetical example, in which an oncologist may incorporate the FASC exam into their clinic practice if they're seeing someone one day in their clinic. How could this play out? Is there a scenario you could suggest? Oh, that, I'm so glad you asked that. You know, I think uh, even stepping back one step further, um, I think that an oncologist or an oncologist in training um, might be interested in um, learning the FASC exam, uh, whereas they may not necessarily have the, um, the time or resources to uh, learn how to do cardiac um, focus or, or um, you know, limited echo, those kinds of more advanced training skills. But this may be something that they can learn as a protocol because it's so straightforward and, um, you know, could be done with a handheld ultrasound, uh, portable ultrasound. Um, and it's something they could learn as a resident or as a fellow um, and, and then take into their practice. And so I think um, part of the intention of, of a simplified protocol like this is that it can be easily taught uh, and it can be, uh, you know, it can be replicated um, and then evaluated further. But uh, to get back to your question, um, a scenario would be a, a you know patient with known um, you know uh, stable uh, metastatic uh, solid tumor, uh, let's say colon cancer on on a, advanced therapy um, is coming to clinic pretty frequently for um, evaluation, and their their other modalities of imaging may not be spaced out. Um, you know, any free, any more frequent than than say every six months or a year, perhaps, um, but they may come to clinic for other other uh, general complaints um, and uh, symptoms. And I think the, the ease of being able to trend this exam uh, is is really one of the appeals uh, for the outpatient doctor. Um, if you were relying only on physical examination, you know, for, say for to to 
trend the ascites or uh, trend the, the pleural effusion, um, you know, that's quite uh, limited in sensitivity. Um, other imaging is very inconvenient for, for pa patients with cancer who are, you know, already schlepping around. Um, certainly a time like this with, with the COVID pandemic, the last thing you'd want to do is have to make an immune suppressed cancer patient uh, wait in a waiting room for, um, you know, an x-ray that they didn't, you know, necessarily need. So the idea would be that uh, the, the cancer doctor could see the patient in clinic, um, you know, find a, a, say a trace or small uh, pleural effusion and uh, then have them come back for a routine or, or intentionally for another visit and say several weeks to a month to reevaluate that and then be able to trend um, the size of that um, that fluid collection. The same would be for ascites. Um, pericardial effusion, um, you know, is, is a, a more nuanced, um, you know, arena, I think, in terms of determining when when to refer for uh, formal echocardiography uh, to, to evaluate for tamponade features. Um, you know, that's a, that's a more complicated, um, you know, advanced area. Our suggestion is that new pericardial effusions in patients with cancer should be evaluated by formal echo, um, you know, upon discovery. But um, the idea would be that uh, they could then coordinate uh, next steps with um, evaluating uh, that, that fluid either by um, referring for diagnostic uh, sampling of the fluid uh, for cytology or uh, that, that the uh, they might be able to do that themselves in the office as well, um, especially for abdominal fluid um, or, or fluid in the chest. That's right. So you mentioned the word trending, and I really like that because it suggests careful and continuous follow-up. And so this modality, in fact, promotes that continuity of care. What are your thoughts on how an image is exactly put into a trend. Uh, I know different institutions have different approaches in terms of saving images and so that they could compare them. What are your thoughts? Uh, what are some models that you have seen? I know it's a little bit of a controversial area, uh, but I wanted to hear from you. Yeah, no, it's such a, a great um, issue for continuity. I think, I think for the... Uh, a group practice, let's say that a uh, one member of the, of the practice was on rounds with the, with the handheld ultrasound, um, seeing their patient in um, in the hospital. They had a, a CT scan or chest X-ray that had um, some impression of, of fluid at one of these sites. You know, so-called positive FASC exam. Uh, the that provider could. Uh, take images with a handheld ultrasound or a cart-based device, and uh, there there are different. Um, you know, image archival um, options that are available, so commercially available. Um, you know, many hospitals use a, a PACS system, which certainly could be adapted, um, you know, for these images, even if they're not read by, you know, radiology, they, they can be stored for, for retrieval. Uh, there are some other uh, products out there. Um, I don't have any, you know, uh, endorsement or relationship with them. Uh, some other companies that, that have image retrieval, uh, you know, in the cloud as well. I, I think uh, there are popular handheld devices that have um, cloud-based image archival um, systems integrated into their um, products. And so that that would be, you know, a chance for the um, uh, a more precise trend, you know, as opposed to using words in the paper chart to describe the, the fluid. If you if, if a provider stored a, a picture of the ascites um, on discharge and the patient came to see their colleague in, in, the, in the cancer center after discharge um, and, and they 
were preparing the visit, they, this, uh, the other uh, provider could look at the, um, the images on, on their, their practices image ar archival system, whether it's PAX or QPath or, or the cloud-based archive, and look at those images and then compare it to the present findings. And so that might be a more, um, you know, uh, more precise trend over time, you're trending the FASC exam rather than just, um, you know, relying on someone else saying that it was trace or small or, or moderate um, or large. Um, That's really interesting yeah. and, uh, and an important point. So in terms of the uh, FASC protocol, some of our listeners may not be familiar with the FAST protocol. So are you able to summarize the uh, key views that you would like our readers to take away from this article that you present, which, by the way, also appears on the cover of the POCUS journal in the latest issue. Oh, yeah, thank you for um, for asking about that. I, I do want to also add that the uh, FAST exam and the FASC exam, you know, using point of care ultrasound, you know, there's no radiation in that in those exams. These are uh, safe, um, you know, ultrasound done at the bedside, which is so convenient for patients and and also um, you know safe. And so that's another appeal uh, for that exam. The um, uh, figure that we devised, and I really do want to thank Dr. Nauka for this. Uh, uh, terrific graphic. It's, you know, in figure one, uh, we, we identify six uh, points, uh, windows to include in the exam. And, um, you know, this is based off the, the, the abdominal uh, windows for FAST exam. Th there are different protocols that add, add some additional, um, you know, nuance to some of the areas. But, um, you know, one of the, the popular sites, for instance, which is our um, uh, point number one, that the right lung base and the right upper abdomen, you know, that's combining um, fluid that would be above uh, the diaphragm, pl pleural effusion, and also looking for subdiaphragmatic ascites, as well as um, a sensitive place um, to look for fluid is in Morrison's pouch, um, and this is from the, the FAST exam, uh, because it's a dependent area, uh, the hepatorenal recess or Morrison's pouch is um, a place where a very small amount of fluid might accumulate. Now, in, in a patient with known, uh, you know, carcinomatosis, that may not be um, something that that's able to be sampled, or it may not be symptomatic, but it, it may be clinically important to identify that it was happening um, in terms of um, tr the ongoing treatment plan for their cancer. So uh, th that site is number one. That's at the right upper quadrant, um, abdominal and and right lung base. And because you're in the right mid axillary line it's easy to slide down um, to the right lower quadrant from there, um, really to look at fluid in the lower abdomen and pelvis. Um, and from there, you can um, fan or tilt um, anterior posteriorly to see uh, bowel and, and differentiate that from ascites. Fluid, as you know, is you know is anechoic um, or, or black on, on ultrasound imaging. There are no echoes. But there may be complexities to, to fluid. You know, patients with cancer have highly exudated fluids, and sometimes the the fluid can be complex and loculated with uh, internal echoes and you know fibrin strands and those kinds of things. Um, the site number three goes up to the subxiphoid cardiac view. You know, this is typically a rescue view for you know a lot of cardiac focus, but it's uh, really good for fluid because you see the posterior when the patient's lying semi-recumbent. You can see their uh, fluid if it's dependent. Um, it's oftentimes um, a window that's easy to, to get if, if uh, some of the 
precordial uh, cardiac windows aren't um, necessarily as easy to obtain. But um, this uh, would be the step number three uh, to, to look for fluid and pericardial fluid. Um, you know, I think it's it's important to note that um, these different fluid spaces can be challenging to differentiate. Um, you know, for especially for beginning users, um, sometimes pleural effusion, ascites, pericardial effusion um, can can be present. Um, in the same exam and can be can be challenging to differentiate for a novice uh, beginning user. But, um, you know, I think this is the, um, the more you do these kinds of scans, the more uh, you compare them with other imaging modalities, uh, the more you're able to um, interpret them accurately. Um, so the next step is uh, coming across to the left side, and that's the same as um, the position number one, but now we're in position four. This is the left lung base and the left upper abdomen. And uh, that would be the splenorenal space where where small amount of fluid might be dependent, um, because the left renal space there is more posterior um, often than than the right. It can be even you know more sensitive for a small amount of fluid, um, and from there sliding down to the left lower quadrant, um, and then the suprapubic pelvic view is um, looking at the bladder uh, and uh, the nearby uh, fluid that might be in the pelvis. So those are kind of the six basic uh, sites that we um, came up with. And um, yeah, I hope that answers your question. That's excellent. Yes, and I'd like to remind our listeners that this these six sites are highlighted on the cover of the journal and also appear as a figure in the uh, issue. One of the other questions I have is that you're really pioneering a new application for ultrasound uh, amongst our oncology colleagues and others in medicine that may be seeing patients in this population. My sense is that right now, because this is a new area, there aren't too many resources and training recommendations available. Is that something we need to work on for the near future? Definitely. I, I think that, uh, you know, that in the U.S., the uh, path to oncology is, you know, through through internal medicine, um, you know, for medical oncology. But I think there are you know, so many people, so many doctors that treat cancer in different fields that come through different programs. It'd be nice to have a standardized, you know, protocol where, you know, if, uh, a medical oncologist um, could tell a radiation oncologist about the FASC exam uh, that they that would have a similar terminology to understand what they were referring to. That's kind of where the, the FAST exam is. It's, it's uh, understood by uh, surgeons and emergency physicians and other doctors. And so it's interdisciplinary. Um, and I think that uh, right now, um, you know, that, that uh, the training programs are so uh, varied in terms of how much content they're offering for point-of-care ultrasound, but uh, undergraduate medical education is another arena um, where, where this uh, point of culture trend is so um, so much on the rise, and so having additional um, succinct, you know, kind of catchy FASC exam, you know, it it helps to kind of codify that um, that protocol and make it something that that the future um, oncologists who learn ultrasound in med school and in residency. Um, could take with them and then, you know, teach their colleagues, but also, um, you're absolutely right, there's there's no formal, um, you know, or informal um, point-of-care ultrasound, um, you know, training uh, for, for, uh, doc for medical oncologists that I'm aware of, but I think that it, it really might be something that could be offered uh, the way that it is in other fields, at, you know, as workshops um, to national conferences um, is a typical setting. So, uh, you know, one day um, workshop or even a half day workshop, uh, learning how to get these these six views and learning how to interpret um, the, the findings accurately um, and an introduction to, to point of care ultrasound 
um, that would be a very feasible uh, venue to uh, to teach that um, you know for 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 users that are interested um, you know the conference setting is a terrific one um, but I think also for trainees who who learn a broad range of POCUS applications they could then take this with them you know into their practice. I agree and I'm really looking forward to hearing about what your group may do further to disseminate and standardize this approach because I think it'll improve patient care. Specifically, can you tell me a little bit more about some of the next steps for your group or your areas of research and education? Um, well, that, that's such a great uh, question. I, I think that um, our, our next steps would be to uh, try to get um, our oncology colleagues on board with the, um, you know, the, the protocol and, and understanding that, you know, this is not maybe uh, part of their a mandatory curriculum for, for uh, board el eligibility yet, um, you know, but it's something that we would want to teach. And so I, I think the next steps would be to um, see, see if the uh, fellows, oncology fellows um, would be interested in uh, learning this protocol as part of a, um, you know, pilot program. I would, I think that a, a pilot curriculum um, for the, the FASC exam would be a really good way to go um, and then have some outcomes, um, I think, both in the short and long term would be really helpful. So it's kind of validating the protocol for, um, you know, the, the cancer doctor, that would be um, the next step that I'm hoping to, um, you know, to get into is uh, seeing about uh, developing a curriculum around the FASC exam and then evaluating it. That's wonderful. So I would like to thank you, Dr. Galen, again for uh, joining us. And once again, for our listeners, the article is entitled, The Focused Assessment with Sonography in Cancer, or the FASC Protocol, which appears in the November 2020 issue of the POCUS Journal. I would like to thank our listeners for joining us on the inaugural POCUS Journal podcast. We look forward to bringing you more content from the POCUS Journal in upcoming episodes. And Dr. Galen, I'd like to thank you for joining us for the special first podcast for the POCUS Journal. Dr. Jarry, the privilege was, was all mine. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great day.